0: Welcome into the Full Tilt Debbie podcast where we tilt so you don't have to. I'm your host, Dynasty Coach A. I'm joined as always by a- Andy at A Star FF on Twitter. And tonight we're going to be covering a little bit of news and then diving into some of the uh, the Big 12 and the ACC players that we love and love to hate. But first of all, how are you doing tonight, Andy?
1: I'm doing great. I'm uh, yeah, a star FF on Twitter. Um, I'm just happy football's back, man. I got I got the Patriots and Giants on in the background. It's it just feels so good to be back, you know, June and July are brutal months for what we do, but it's good to see some actual, you know, players on the field making some plays and hopefully seeing some of those late round rookie picks come to fruition here for you.
0: And speaking of which, we actually have some real news. Uh, there's a little bit of, of goings-on in uh, the college world. Um, I guess, I mean, did you want to go ahead and, and start off with Hudson Card taking first-team reps? Uh, you know, does that scare you at all? With, uh, with you know, Quinn Ewers is the the hottest thing ever in uh, in college football for about a year now. And so, you know, it's got to be a little scary that, that Card's still getting those first-team reps.
1: I would say, like... Initially, I was worried like 1% that Hudson Card was going to be a thing. Now it's like at 5%. So still, I'm not really concerned about it. I think Ewers still has that job. I think this is just Sarkeesian playing some games with the media, doing some coach speak, trying to make it seem like there's more of a competition than there really is. Um, I think it's still Ewers' job to lose. He... He said, you know, Sarkeesian has said great things about both of them. He's excited about both of them, he said. Um, And I think it's just, you know, in what he wants to do is just to leave it up to. He did the same thing with Hudson Card and Casey Thompson last year. He waited till like the day of the season to the day of the game, basically, to announce Hudson Card was going to be a starter. I think he's going to wait till about the week before and say Quinn is the starter here. Um, so it's just a lot of smoke and mirrors at this point uh, for me. But I, it is a little concerning that he's still getting the first team reps. But I, I, I don't think there's too much to read into because Quinn Ewers is still getting a lot of reps in practice as well.
0: Yeah, and I think you know. Hudson Card was a was a good prospect, like a really good prospect, actually. And so, you yeah. know, it's not like it's not like he's just some nobody or anything like that. Now he didn't really do big things in the few games that he started and, and played in uh, last year. Obviously, uh, you know, injuries involved and stuff like that. But I think uh, I don't think it's it's all that unbelievable that they want to get him some reps because obviously injuries and things like that do happen in season, and you know, for him to at least have. Some of those reps with the ones is going to help a lot, you know, kind of like NFL teams, you know, where people are freaking out about like Isaiah Pacheco getting runs with the one right now. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, like they they want to mix in some of these players. Hey, you're you're helping your other players or your stud players, you know, take time off, you know, like not have so much wear and tear, especially with the running backs. But even going back to the QBs, just having you know, the the flow and and you know the gelling with the the offense. Because what if yours were to go down? Um, when I think I when it's all said and done, I really do think that yours is going to be the starting QB. But I think they have uh, you know big hopes and dreams in Texas with everything they're doing with NIL and everything else. So uh, it once again, if yours were to go down, they need to have somebody that can step in there and and you know not. Uh, you know, without hitch and like, not have any issues and just be like, oh, well, our season's over at this point.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like you said, Hudson Carr didn't play the greatest last year. He got, you know, some injuries and Casey Thompson basically took the job away from him. But he's not a bad player. Like you said, he's a highly regarded recruit. And then they also have um, Malik Murphy on their roster, too, a true freshman who, you know, as far as I reports that I've seen, he's he's having fun there, too. Obviously, Arch Manning's going to come in next year, and that room's just going to be crazy crowded. But um, for now, I, yeah, I think it's just you know Ewers is probably the guy, but you know, get as as many reps as you can with these other guys too, just in case, like you said.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, maybe even give it a week, you know, we don't have that much time before we get into actual football here. So I think give it another week and we'll really start to see, okay, Quinn Ewers is our starter and, and that kind of thing. I don't know why he's necessarily playing these games. Like you said, he does it in the past or he's done it in the past, but right. um, it just seems silly. I mean, Ewers is such a, a great prospect, you know, whether he's, obviously he hasn't done anything on the field yet, but, uh you know, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Unless he just looks terrible in practice, then then what are we really doing here, guys? <laughs> right, and that hasn't been the case.
1: You know, he's he's practiced well too. So, um, yeah, I think it's a and a nothing burger as of right now. But um, it's you know we got to. We got to talk about it.
0: <laughs> exactly. J- Jamie Progue says, I'm stoked to see Arch Manning play and see how his NFL career pans out. Uh, well, you have a lot of time before uh, any of that happens. So let's stick with yours yes. in, in Hudson Card for now. But I, I too am excited to see what can actually happen with Arch Manning or what will happen. Um, and then there's, I, I don't know if you saw, but there's actually talks of Arch Manning hasn't 100% made up his decision yet and, and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I guess people are probably always going to speculate like that but it's uh yeah, it's, i mean I, I, I don't care like he he he's already made his decision as far as i'm concerned obviously people can change their minds but until that actually happens i'm not going to sit here and speculate on it right <clears throat> so excuse me um Now, obviously we have our first like major injury of the season as well. And it wasn't even on the field. Uh, but with Sam Hartman going down, um, unfortunately we don't even know a lot of what happened. Uh, from what I read, he had a workout and then he, uh, after the workout, he, he like went to practice and and just wasn't feeling right. Something wasn't feeling right. Uh, there's really very little details beyond that. So I don't know exactly what happened, uh, if he hurt himself while working out or, or what, but, um, it sounds like he's going to miss most, if not all, of the season. Uh, do you have any Hartman shares, or uh, you know, or how do you feel about this uh, uh, losing him for the season? I don't think I
1: have any Hartman shares actually, which is kind of surprising now that I think about it. But um, yeah, it was a weird, weird story there. You know, you hope that it's nothing too serious. Um, you know, obviously when you hear non-football injury and out for the year your mind goes a thousand different places. So yeah, I hope for the best for Sam Hartman. Um, but as far as like, you know, we're concerned from a fantasy standpoint, I think it affects obviously Hartman, um, who, you know, some people were talking about potentially being a first round quarterback next year. Not a lot of people, but you know, his name was brought up in that conversation. Um, but I think it also affects the wide receivers there. I think a lot of people are excited about AT Perry and Donovan green this year. Um, and I think now we, they've announced that Mitch Griffiths is going to take his place as a starter. And, you know, he's a guy that doesn't really have any statistics to his name and in his collegiate career, as of yet a three-star guy kind of undersized, he was only six foot, 180 pounds. So, you know, you worry about the passing game there and the entire offense, really. Um, Especially, you know, these receivers, A.T. Perry and uh, Donovan Green, I think those guys were getting somewhat of a a Debbie buzz around them. Um, But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you just hope for the best for Sam Hartman. But, uh, you know, and it does kind of affect, you know, residually some of these guys in that weak forest offense.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, he – uh, he was somebody that a lot of people were excited about, but then beyond that, like you said, there was a, a lot of other offensive members or offensive pieces that people were getting excited about that probably aren't going to do every little piece that they were able to do or going to be able to do, uh, you know, before. So I definitely agree with that. Another QB battle that we uh, that that we have here on the show sheet is um, is Jack, looking at Jackson Dart and Altemeyer, and mm-hmm. honestly. I am probably, um, or I guess uh, there's some news that, that Altmyer is actually you know being more consistent than Jackson Dart, and that doesn't surprise me in the, in the slightest. I'm not a Jackson Dart fan by any means. Um, I want nothing to do with Jackson Dart, and I mean, I feel like if you can't put up decent numbers in the Pac-12, how in the hell are you going to put up anything in, in a different conference? You know?
1: Yeah, I think... Yeah, I'm with you. I've never been a big Jackson Dart guy. I think he's getting way overdrafted. He has been since his freshman year. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, some of the guys in the Debbie community, which is fine. You know, so, you know, everyone's right and wrong. You know, he's still a good player. But um, I think if Altmeyer wins that job, then, you know, I, where's Dart going now? Second, third round in startups. He, it's it's going to tank his value. Um, so if you have dart now, I would, I would be trying to sell him, honestly, for whatever you can get at this point. Um, not, you know, I'm not saying go and get peanuts for him because he still holds some value, but, um, I would be worried. Um, and Altmaier for what it's worth, you know, kind of the same as a Hudson card situation. He was a good recruit coming out too. And I I believe he was a a mid tier four star, um, you know. Um, played a year behind uh, Matt Corral, or yeah, but, yeah, I think this is his second year. It's either second or third year, um, but yeah, he's so. a good player as well. So, um, I, I think this kind of vindicates some of my Jackson Dart takes, which you know always feels good. But um, <laughs> uh, other than that, as far as like the offense is concerned, I don't think it really changes much. Uh, you know, Zach Evans is going to still be the main running back there. Michael Triggs and Jalen Robinson seem like they're probably like the biggest threats in the passing game there, but yeah, I, I think uh, you know as far as Jackson Dart's concerned, I, I'd be a little bit skittish about you know keeping him on your roster moving forward.
0: Yeah, and obviously you get into the, the nerdy stuff like I do with, you know, the the metrics and everything. And, you know, when, when you're once again going back to the Pac-12, like when you're talking about a QB in the Pac-12 that can't even hardly get uh, or can't even get seven yards uh, or adjusted yards per attempt like that's not good. <laughs> uh you know if you're talking about like the SEC or even the ACC or whatever, maybe I can give it to you. I can give you some credit there. But in the Pac-12, you should be 9, 10, 11, 12 yards per attempt uh, or at least adjusted yards per attempt there. And, uh he just he just didn't do it. Um, he had a a high interception rate. Just nothing looked great. And then I never understood the the love that he was getting like Oh, just because Matt Corral left and, and there's an opening there, that all of a sudden this guy's going to become good. Like, you know, that's just, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. And so it doesn't surprise me in the slightest that Luke Altemeyer is, is taking over or possibly taking over or at least looking better in camp. Uh, it really doesn't surprise me. Now, when it's all said and done, they brought Jackson Dart in. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be crazy for him to start and all that, but I wouldn't feel confident with them at any point. So even if he does win the job, like you said, I'd be trying to move him off of any team that I have. You know, even if you want to wait until hopefully he starts like week one, week two, whatever, and maybe even has like a decent game, and then you go ahead and move him then because I don't think he's ever going to be anything for NFL purposes. And if, you know, we're strictly talking Debbie, that's all we care about. So, you know, why why is he on your team at that point?
1: <laughs> right. No,
0: I, I totally agree. So, you know, we once again, we're, we're here, we're, we're very close to the season starting. And so we're actually starting to get some news and, and things like this. I can't wait for all of this stuff to come out. Hopefully we'll actually get some like true depth charts and who the starters are and all that, uh, here in the next week or two. Uh, but it is kind of cool to see, you know, I've started seeing little blurbs here and there like, you know, from this practice and that practice. And, uh, you know, I love, you know, I wasn't all in last year on, uh, you know, on Debbie and, and C2C and all that kind of stuff. So like, as I'm getting more in, in, involved with it, it's just, I love seeing all that kind of stuff. Um, But why don't we go ahead and uh, since it's just us, I guess I'll go ahead and and, and host the game, but why don't we go ahead and and dive into one of our games here. And it's the over under game. It's the Brian Kelly edition, because we're talking about his new team and his old flame and LSU and Notre Dame. And so I wasn't even trying to rhyme, but Hey, that's, that's how good. That was was. good. I appreciate (laughs) that. So uh, why don't we go ahead and start off with the, with, the, the new hotness in LSU uh, with only six and a half wins set as the, as the line there. Uh, how are you feeling about that line and, and which way are you going? Um, so yeah,
1: obviously LSU, they got their new coach, Brian Kelly, obviously. Uh, new QB, kind of a mystery at this point. Uh, there's talks about Miles um, Brennan, uh, maybe Jaden Daniels who transferred in from Arizona state. Or maybe Garrett Nussmeyer, true sophomore or redshirt freshman. Um, so I drafted the offenses, all three I mean, of them in
0: my uh, just, campus in camp league, though. just in case. Just in case, I I, I drafted uh, Jaden Daniels at like round twenty seven, and then I drafted uh, Nussmeyer in round thirty five or thirty no thirty two, and then I drafted. Uh, what was the other one uh oh, i can't even think of his name now but i drafted the third one i, I oh miles brennan i drafted miles, miles brennan, brennan, brennan in in uh round 41
1: <laughs> i feel
0: like brennan probably has the best shot of being a starter so <laughs> hey round 41 out of a 45 yeah, round uh, league I'll, I'll take it <laughs> uh but yeah so
1: the 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 offense looks a lot different the uh, even the backfield they lost uh tier uh uh, Tyrion Davis Price to the NFL and Corey Kiner transferred to Cincinnati. So it leaves John Emery, who's had a couple of good seasons, but uh he was injured or academically ineligible last year. Um so he's potentially gonna be the lead back. You got Armani Goodwin and then a Penn State transfer, Noah Kane in the mix there as well. Um on defense, they returned a potential top five draft pick in uh BJ Ojalari uh, who did lead the team in stack, sacks, but they do lose Derek Stingley Jr. from the secondary. Um, So six and a half wins. So where are they going to find seven to hit the over? So I have them at four wins versus Florida state versus Southern versus New Mexico and versus UAB. I have five definite losses on the schedule for them. And these might, you know, I guess there's potential for them to beat Florida, but it's in Gainesville and, and, I just, you know, they, they've lost so much on offense. I just don't see them being competitive. Um, so I have Florida as a loss, uh, also Tennessee, Ole Miss, and then Alabama and Texas A&M are the obvious ones. Um, so that would mean, so they have the four easy wins. That would mean they wouldn't need to win all three of the rest of their games. Who is, uh, they have Mississippi state at Auburn and at Arkansas. Um, fun stat about brian kelly he's only had one season under seven wins since 2006 and that was his final year at central michigan which was years ago um but he's never played in the sec before and i don't think he can muster seven wins in that schedule so i don't think there's a chance they hit seven i would be smashing the under on that and locking it in right now
0: wow i actually thought this was pretty easy (laughs) the opposite direction i oh really (laughs) <laughs> Their schedule is so easy to start, and then they go through, like, a murderer's row uh in the middle. So, like, I, I'm i with you. Like, they do not have an easy middle part of the schedule. But, I mean, like, looking at they, – they start off with Florida State. Like, I'm sorry, Florida State ain't beating anybody. Yeah. No, Florida <laughs> uh, Southern, State's trash. Yeah, Southern U, Mississippi State, I guess. I mean, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. Yeah. New Mexico. Auburn? Like when was Auburn good? Like last? It's it's been it's been a minute, right? Um and then Tennessee, like Tennessee is probably the first one like I would legit think that like would give them a run for their money. If anything, I would say that Tennessee probably wins. Um but I gave I gave them losses for Tennessee, uh Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama, um uh, but then I mean you get into Arkansas, UAB, and then And then Texas A&M, like, I think there's some winnable games somewhere in there. Like, obviously, the middle part of the season is going to be extremely tough. But to get to seven, you're telling me they can't beat Arkansas? Like, who does Arkansas have anymore?
1: I, got, I mean, I did, they return KJ Jefferson. They lose Treylon Burke, so I mean, the offense is going to be a little bit. They're different.
0: starting. We already talked about Jaden Hazelwood and how we don't don't like him. So, like, if that's who they're starting, no. <laughs> then, then who the, who the hell are are they going to use to beat LSU?
1: I mean, all right. So LSU has Ojalari on on defense. I guess you know, like I said, Brian Kelly is one of those guys who can come in and like make a team win. But I just feel like this SEC schedule. Like, like you said, we both have the same losses: Tennessee, Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama, and Texas A and M. We both have the same wins, I guess. I think Mississippi State could be tricky. You never know what um, Mike Leach, his offense, is going to pull out. They got good players there: Joquavius Marks and uh, uh, I can't think their quarterback right now is his name's escaping me, Max something maybe. Oh, I, Max Johnson it doesn't matter. Is, is I don't think it's Max Johnson.
0: Um, I'm sorry. What, I was completely focused on the schedule. Mississippi what State's team? quarterback. Oh, Mississippi you State. You Um be right. Um, but, uh, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> I can't think of his name either.
1: Will Rogers.
0: Will Rogers. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, got, thank you. I got there. You said Max, all right. and all I could think of was Max I Johnson know. at that point.
1: <laughs> no. Will Rogers. Anyway, but, so, yeah, Mississippi State could beat them. Auburn, probably not. They're kind of a mess, but it is at Auburn. And then arkansas i think they're a decent team i think they could uh you know beat this lsu team who's kind of like in a rebuilding phase so i think yeah i think six wins is kind of their ceiling
0: i, I guess i mean there it's a team in flux so like i can't really truly argue with you i just really think they're going to start off five and zero, oh, and then at that point they, they they already have their seven wins so like
1: it, it's i mean then they have five wins there but I think you're right. They absolutely could start five and zero, but then they go Tennessee, Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas. They don't get. Like, I just really, I really
0: think they're going to beat Arkansas and UAB. I mean, or right. at the very least, they're going to like yeah, they're going to have UAB. a shot. Yeah, and they're, but they're going to have a shot against Florida. They're going to have a shot against Tennessee. Like, I don't think it's impossible for them to win one of those games. But I wasn't even giving them those games. I just really think, um, you know, I yeah, I don't know, I. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, but maybe it's not as much of a smash as, as I originally thought. <laughs>
1: hey, so it could have like I said Brian Kelly always hits 7 wins, so you, you might be right.
0: And Nino Brown uh underscore T2T once says go Eagles, thoughts on Jerkovich, Zay Flowers and Garwo. Wait, if you know anything about me, I love me some Zay Flowers. I drafted him in my most recent C to C. I uh, drafted him in my uh my only other Debbie uh, draft. So like, I love me some Zay Flowers. If you're asking for Debbie purposes, I really don't want anything to do with Jerkovic. <laughs> and uh, like, I think he's very good for Zay Flowers. I don't think he's going to be this like amazing QB or anything like that. And then I don't know too much about Garbo. Uh, how do you feel about him?
1: I think he went over a thousand yards last year. Uh, he's got decent size. I think he's entering his fifth season. Um, So I'm not really too high on garwo but i you know he's a he's an effective running back in the in the uh acc i think he could potentially end up being a day three draft pick next year uh but that's about right. it but i'm i'm with you on zay flowers i've liked him since you know last offseason um i think he kind of had a disappointing year with uh jerkovic getting hurt all all season last year up until the end when he came back finally so if jerk stays health, healthy all year I think that's a solid one-two punch. I think both of them could potentially be day two draft picks. Even Jirkovic, honestly, uh, I don't. I don't know if he'll be a first-round draft pick, but I could definitely see him being a second or third round.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Like, I think he'll be in the NFL. I just don't. I'm not like overly yeah. excited about him or anything like that. Uh, enough about the tangent. Let's get into Notre <laughs> Dame and, and how we feel about this one. Um, so. I I think you smash the over on this one. Uh, the, by the way, the over under is eight and a half wins, and I think nine wins is like the low here, <laughs> like the 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 expectation. So I really don't understand necessarily why um, it, it's even being set at eight and a half here. Obviously, they were what like a top five team, top ten, whatever they were last year. Um, things can drastically change. I understand that, but. I don't know about you, but I'm a pretty big Tyler Buckner fan, uh, or at least I'm becoming one after I drafted him in my c c league once again. So, uh mm-hmm. You know, there's uh, there's even some players. Uh, I'm not trying to only talk about the players that I'm drafting on my CAC team, but I also drafted Audric Estime, uh, who was a true freshman last year. And if you've never seen a picture of him, uh, go look at a picture of him because that dude is a stud. He makes Branson Robinson look like uh <laughs> like he needs to go like eat some Wheaties or something like that. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I think there's some exciting parts. You know, even getting into the wide receivers and things that, uh, of you know some of these players. Uh, on that offense are going to be very I- exciting. And I just think if you look at their schedule, uh, which I'm bringing up as we speak, then they're going to lose week one. <laughs> like I'm sorry. It's just probably, I, I'd say there's a 99.9% chance that they're going to lose week one. But then after that, you go into Marshall, California, uh UNC which I mean I I love me some Drake May and and all that but that's another team in flux after losing Sam Howell and and a lot of pieces recently BYU they're not going to lose to BYU Stanford UNLV Syracuse Clemson Navy Boston like Boston College USC like where are they losing games (laughs) I just don't understand it's like the easiest schedule ever
1: (laughs) yeah no I'm I'm with you here um I don't know if it's a smash, uh, but it's I'm definitely pl- taking the over. Uh so Marcus Freeman obviously is taking over for Brian Kelly. Uh he was the D coordinator there. We we we're kind of all in agreement that Buckner's gonna be the quarterback. There's still some talk about potentially Drew Pine, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh big losses on offense are obviously Kyron Williams, who is still running the 40 year old 40 yard dash, I'm told uh as well as leading receiver kevin austin Uh, but they do get back the all-american tight end michael Mayer. um i wouldn't know i wouldn't say i'm overly confident in this offense but they do have you know some dynamic playmakers i think tobias merriweather the true freshman uh could make some plays this year lorenzo styles is obviously getting some hype um i think buckner is kind of the best situation here for them as as far as like you know making a uh, electric offense. I think he's got a little bit more arm talent than Drew Pine. Um, and, and like as far as Kyron Williams being gone, Chris Tyree and Logan Diggs, and then like you mentioned, Hodrick Estime, they're gonna fill in that role pretty pretty easily. You know, they all have different skill sets, but they're all very talented. Um, the defense, on the other hand, you know, doesn't really have any question marks. They finished 13th in the nation in sacks, and they bring. Their top three sack leaders back from 2021. So I'm looking at the schedule. I have six wins for them right off the bat: uh, Marshall, Stanford, UNLV, Syracuse, Navy, and Boston College. Ohio State should be a loss on the road, but I don't know if it is a definite loss. You know, we've seen last year Ohio State came out a little came out a little rusty against Minnesota, and then again lost to Oregon. In uh, back-to-back weeks, you know, if Minnesota, if Mo Ibrahim didn't go down in at like halftime with that Achilles injury, there's a chance that Minnesota could have beat them last year too. So it depends on like you know what their state of mind is coming out. Like Stroud's obviously got a year under his belt; he's going to be a little bit more calm back there. But I, you know, they might win that game. Um, so that leaves four more games. They've got the six wins uh, that so four games against Cal at home, BYU. Uh, neutral site in Las Vegas, Clemson at home and USC on the road. They need to win three out of four of those to hit nine. I think they can do it. I think Cal at home should be a win. BYU neutral site, no problem. Clemson, who knows who their quarterback's even going to be at that point in the season. I think that's a win. Uh, And USC, you know, they've got all the changes there too. It is on the road. It is the last game of the season. Could be tricky, but I think they could win three of them and hit nine wins. So I'm taking the over.
0: Yeah, I, I just think it's it's too easy I, I get that they you know there's changes and everything but I think you know a lot of people are excited about Lorenzo Styles as well um, so you know I think there is something to be said about what that offense could be if everything starts to click and beyond the uh, I guess like you said maybe it's a good thing that you get Ohio State week one because you know, it's probably not going to be as much clicking I mean you know yes Ohio State's going to be Ohio State like they're going to be a great team. But they did lose Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave on the offensive side. And so, you know, like they, while they have very good wide receivers coming behind them, they might not all click that, you know, that might not all work uh, week one. And so it's probably the best time to hit that. Although, you know, like Notre Dame has a lot changing as well. But regardless, I think that you can uh, pretty easily. Uh, smash the, the nine there. And I think we're both in agreement here. So go ahead and make that bet. I'd say, you know, take your the life savings out and just throw it all on <laughs> the, the over at that point. <laughs> you, know, it's, uh, you know, it's just guaranteed smash at this point. <laughs> but why don't we go ahead and take a quick little break and we'll be right back. We'll dive into the Big 12. I don't think there's a good situation where I see Robinson really taking away from ETN seriously this year. And I think that's why Snoop Connor is a great last-round mm. pick in fantasy. Because there's a real chance that Snoop Connor is the – like, there. there's a real chance that James Robinson goes in week one or this preseason, plays two snaps, comes out, and we don't see him again for this season. They come out, mm-hmm. put him on IR, we don't talk about him again. I, I'm really starting to think that Snoop Connor is only getting run because of his name. Uh, you know, like, I, I do kind of agree with Billy there that you know, like he he, he has opportunity, but man, he he did not do a lot in uh, in college. Let's just put it that way. I mean,
1: speaking of Ole Miss running backs, Jerry and Ely, he's been getting all sorts of like he's playing wide receiver, everything uh, in training camp to, uh, over with the uh, Chiefs. So, name to look out for.
0: Yeah, I really like that. I love Ely as a talent. He obviously didn't get the draft capital that we were hoping for. But, uh, uh, you know, like right. there was uh, some stuff going on there. But enough about those guys. Let's go ahead and dive into the Big 12. And we're going to be doing just like uh, last time, we're going to be doing our favorite player. Uh, and that's uh, in air quotes, you know, kind of up for a discussion on, on why they're your favorite player. Uh, we're not just talking about like the number one ranked player or anything like that. Then a player that right. we think will go up in value, and then a player that we think will fall um, and lose value, uh, whether it's you know soon or by the end of the year or whenever. And so, why don't you go ahead and start us off with your Big Twelve favorite player? So I went with Xavier Hutchinson, wide receiver from Iowa
1: State. Uh, he's a JUCO kid, and I love my JUCO guys. Um, he came over in 2020 from junior college. He's had two like decent seasons. He's gotten over 25% market share both years. He's been there. Uh, this will obviously be his fifth year. He loses quarterback Brock Purdy, uh, who did get drafted this year, Mr. Irrelevant. But I I think this offense is going to be more pass reliant now that they also lose Brees Hall. Um, I do worry a bit about his athleticism, uh, Hutchinson, that is. Uh, he played about 80% of his snaps lined up out wide, but his dot was only seven and a half yards. Um, uh, could be because Purdy was one of the more conservative con- quarterbacks in the country last year, but, uh, I'm interested to see how he does with Hunter Deckers. I think Hunter Deckers likes to sling it a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I mean, if he gets another big season, you know, 25, 30% market share, he's got the size, uh, he can, you know. Play the play the edge of the field. I think uh, he's a guy that you know could end up being like a late day two pick potentially.
0: Yeah, I like it. Um, you know, I have him uh, in like the fifties as far as like overall wide receivers. And I think when you're considering a super senior, that's pretty good. Uh, you yeah. know, there's not too many super seniors that are going to be in that range. Most of them are probably going to be, you know, closer to like the eighties, nineties, and hundreds and things like that. Just because. Uh, they've, they've had their chance. So, you know, that shows you that, you know, like he's at least doing something, you know, and, and making it, he's putting something onto the field that's making the model and and everything uh, notice him at the very least. But um, I'm, I'm with you. We've discussed how we don't think that Brees Hall is going to get replaced this year uh, as far as, you know, like his talent and his production. And so that, The offense is going to have to change. And so, you know, they could pass more. That could be really good for him. And, you know, while he's probably not ever going to be, like, I even think that, like, becoming a a late day two pick might be a stretch. But, you know, if he could be a fourth pick, a fourth round pick, fifth round pick, something like that, I think you're still fairly happy with where you're getting him in drafts right now. So I I don't hate it. I guess there's always the chance he could be. I mean, we've seen Villas Jones and and, uh, even like Tyquan Thornton and guys like that go uh, pretty damn early this draft. So, you know, it's not impossible that he could be a third round pick. I just, I guess, I wouldn't be betting on it at this point. But once again, uh, crazier things have happened. (laughs) No, I'm with you there. I mean, I think
1: it's that would be like his his ceiling, you know, range of outcomes. Uh, More than likely, yeah, day three uh, or maybe even undrafted. But yeah, he's he's an intriguing guy. He's got the size. I think uh, you know we'll see how he does this year with the with like we talked about. The offense is going to look a little different. Maybe that helps him out.
0: Yeah. I think you would, at the very least, you could be a good campus pick in a, in a C2C draft, um, you know, get you one good year of, of campus production, and then possibly still be something on the NFL side as well. Uh, but for Debbie purposes, definitely worth a dart throw there uh, in a deeper league. And you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing like your normal, like uh five person or, or five round Debbie draft or anything like that. But uh, yeah, definitely a later uh, name to know for sure. Right. For my, for my favorite player, I went ahead and picked Kendra Miller and out of TCU. I have fallen in love with him recently. I, I just think that he has like every opportunity ahead of him. He's six foot 206 pounds, maybe not that like ideal prototypical size, but good enough. Um, But some of the things that I look at with running backs is like PPR points per touch. He had 1.4 PPR points per touch, which is like the highest of the high, Uh, you know, not like, maybe not the highest in the nation or anything like that, but it's pretty damn good for somebody that had like a somewhat solid um, amount of touches last year. He had 76 scrimmage yards per game that he averaged in a 7.4% big time run rate, which is a, a metric that I've talked about substantially already on this podcast. So, you know, we, we know that I love to see all that. And that was with Zach Evans, you know, on the field. And now we no longer have Zach Evans. So I feel like why wouldn't you fall in love with Kendra Miller now?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I think he honestly like played better than Zach Evans towards the end of the year there. Um, I did have some concerns initially cause they had Traylon Smith, the Arkansas running back who was going to go there. He has since changed his mind and went to Texas, San Antonio. And then Amani Bailey, who I th- believe is from Louisiana, uh, He's also transferred there, but you know, they got to replace Zach Evans, you know, on the depth chart. I think Kendry Miller still is probably, you know, he's still the most talented one on the roster there. So yeah, I like it. I think, um, he's one of these, uh, you know, 2022, or I should say 2023 running backs that are kind of getting swept under the rug when you start, you know, hear about the you know, Bajan Robinson's and Jameer Gibbs's and Tank Bigsby's of the world, you know, but I think this, you know, him and guys like Byron Cardwell, you know, are kind of not talked about as much because they don't have the recruiting stars. But um, yeah, I like him. I think I like that pick.
0: Yeah, I actually have him as a top 12 overall running back, so I'm probably one of the highest on Kendra here. Uh, but I, I do think I agree with you like he's being him and a couple of the other uh 23 running backs are being swept under the rug because they're not Bijan Robinson and and you know even Zach Evans or whoever, and so right. it's it's just like, like you said, he. At the very least, I think he did similar things that Zach Evans did, and now Evans transfers, and all of a sudden he's you know this stud. And don't get me wrong, I love I love Zach Evans. So like I'm not I'm not trying to downplay him by by any means. I just don't really understand why a player that did very similar things uh, on the same exact offense isn't getting the same amount of love. Yeah, I'm with you. So that those are our favorite players for the Big Twelve. And now let's go ahead and get into one that we think will, uh, that's not quite getting enough love as of right now. I'll go ahead and start off. And it's uh, its become another one that I'm falling in lo- another running back that I'm falling in love with. And it's somebody had a very small sample size uh, last year. And so it might be a very under the ra- radar name. It's Tay McWilliams out of Baylor. Um, but when you consider everything that's changed on that offense, and the fact that they lost uh, 2,850 scrimmage yards are now vacated. And I'm doing air quotes, but like uh, from last year with Abram Smith and Tristan Ebner uh, both leaving and going to the NFL. And all of a sudden it's Tay McWilliams game. Like it's Tay McWilliams ball. And so he did not do very much last year because he didn't really have an opportunity with those two guys ahead of him. But when he did, you know, he put up 10 yards per rush. Uh, you know, like he, he did some pretty big things and now he's the starter, like he's getting some, some hype out of spring camp and and hopefully now even getting into fall camp and and things like that. Um, you know, once again, going to like the actual metrics, I was talking about how, uh, Kendra Miller, uh, Kendra Miller had 1.4, excuse me, I can't talk 1.4 PPR points per touch. Well, Tay McWilliams, once again, in a very small sample size, had 1.8 points per PPR, uh, PPR points per touch. And so that just kind of shows you like the explosiveness, the the exciting nature of, of his game and what he could be if given a full workload. And so that's why I think that he will easily rise and, and become much more than what he's being valued at right now.
1: I like Tay. Uh, that whole offense is completely different um they obviously lose bohannon to usf they lose um taekwon thornton uh to the nfl so the leading receiver and then you already touched on both the running backs but they love to run the ball like you said what'd you say like over 2000 running rushing yeah, yards 2850
0: uh, scrimmage yeah. yards i think it was 2400 rushing yards that are, so that are you
1: you want that rb1 and it seems like it's going to be tay mcwilliams uh, I also like squirrel Williams as a late C2C pick. He's going to be the RB two there. Uh, he's a little bit cheaper because I think everyone's kind of assuming that Tay is going to be the RB one there, which I, I agree. I think he will be as well. Um, I also, I think the offense is going to look a little better with Blake shape at quarterback. So I think, yeah, I, I think all the arrows are pointing out for Tay McWilliams. Um, I, I like the pick quite a, quite a lot, actually. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I really do think he's gonna rise. And uh, as far as his size, he's 6'1", 211 as of right now. Um, as a he is going to his junior year, so he's probably not gonna get much bigger, uh, I would assume. But maybe he can get up to like that two fifteen range. And then if he does big things this year, we, we could talk be talking about him in like you know third fourth round something like that, which. I mean, think about all the names that uh went in the third, fourth round of the NFL draft this year that people are getting excited about. <laughs> you know, as far as the right. running backs.
1: Yeah, and that's all we really want in Debbie. It's like to for them to retain some sort of value when getting to the NFL. So if they get draft capital, as far as I'm concerned, especially if it's a deep Debbie league like this, where a guy a league where you're drafting Tay McWilliams probably in like the ten plus round, like a C2C league essentially. That's a hit, I think, if you if you get a NFL draft capital for that. So yeah, totally.
0: I agree. So who do you have as your player that will rise? All right. So I also went running back. I went to Oklahoma State,
1: though, and took Dominic Richardson, six feet, two hundred and ten pounds. Uh OK State loses Jalen Warren to the NFL, who rushed for twelve hundred yards last year. So we think Richardson's gonna take over for that coveted rb1 role in the mike gundy offense if you look just just looking back at like the rb1s for oklahoma state you had chuba hubbard justice hill chris carson and then before that was tyreek hill if you can believe that um so guys that are in the nfl or you know even justice hill you know he hasn't done anything but he was still a what like a late second round rookie pick in 2019 so all these guys are getting to the NFL and making differences. So you want this RB one, obviously Jalen Warren, I think went undrafted, but he's still on an NFL roster. Um, he has the size, you know, like you said, you'd like to see him up around two fifteen. So um, he's very similar to Jalen Warren. I think analytically Warren was a better tackle breaker, but Richardson has a slight edge. Once they get into that second level, Uh, Not a huge threat at receiver, but not a complete zero either. So he'll still probably catch like 20 and 25 balls. Um, Yeah. And I think this, you know, based on the historical precedence of uh, Oklahoma State running backs, I think it's day three draft capital is within that range of outcomes.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see that. Like you said, I mean, he put up very uh, similar metrics and and stats as uh, Warren. He just didn't get quite the run that Warren got, obviously. So um, maybe the receiving part of the game, you know, needs a little help. And uh, But, you know, it was a small sample, so who knows? Maybe he can grow if he actually does become the lead back there. Uh, But he put up very similar – numbers and everything. He just only had 79 rushing attempts last year. So if he can get that, that full workload, then I definitely agree that he could rise in value for sure. So we've done quite a bit of agreeing the past few pods um, to the point of even some of our listeners possibly, you know, being like, come on guys, like you got to disagree every once in a while, that, that kind of thing. I think once we get into these next few players, uh, even getting into the ACC, that there's going to be a little bit of discourse. So, um, I'm going to let you go ahead and see. I this is a little unfair because I know who your pick is. You don't know who my pick is. Um, okay. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and let you do your your blasphemous pick here, and then <laughs> um, and, and then we'll we'll dive into mine. <laughs> All right. Well, so my player
1: in the Big Twelve that I think will lose value is Xavier Worthy, wide receiver out of uh, Texas. Blasphemy. So I don't need to – Absolute I, blasphemy. <laughs> let me defend my honor here. So obviously we know he had the massive freshman campaign, 981 yards, ridiculous, 2.84 yards per team pass attempt. He's currently going ADP of 11 as wide receiver three. So I don't I don't hate Worthy. I just want to say that out, right out of the get-go. Um, he's a true freshman breakout on a power five team and the hit rates for those are massive. But I think what we're doing right now is drafting him at his ceiling, uh, for him to gain value. He's going to need to match those numbers or best them, which I don't know if that's possible. He took advantage of a great opportunity, which you want good players to do. I'm not saying, you know, he, he, he didn't deserve what he did. He, he obviously, you know, was given the opportunity and he took advantage of it, but Jordan Whittington missed a third of the season. Troy O'Meary didn't play at all. Again, he was supposed to be, you know, a starting wide receiver as well. Uh, both of those guys are presumably healthy. Um, they also bring in Isaiah Nayor, who if you want to talk about like ridiculous market shares, that guy was at like 60% at Wyoming last year. They bring in a, a, a guy, Hall from Alabama, another high five-star, Jaleel Billingsley from Alabama. They also have four-star wide receiver Brendan Thompson. So I just feel like the opportunity is going to go down there, and you're going to have a better quarterback too. You're going to, you know, Quinn Ewers is not going to just be focusing in on one one guy. Um, so I think this ADP does slide back. I'm not going to say it's, he's going to just tank his, he's not going to tank his value. He's not going to end up being like a fourth round pick or anything, but like mid to back end of the second, kind of like, you know, the Marvin Mims slide from a year ago where, it, you know, he went like a three quarters of a round back from where he was going in, in 2021. So that's, that's all I'm really getting at. I, I, you know, I wanted to try and keep it reasonable, I'm not saying the guy's going to suck, but. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think he has anywhere to go upwards. He can only really go backwards.
0: No, you, you absolutely hate Xavier worthy. I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> I, <laughs> he's <laughs> no, tiny. I, he's like 160 he, pounds. He is very tiny. Wet. And, and unfortunately I don't think he has a lot of room to grow either. Like, I don't think all of a sudden he's going to be like 180, 190 pounds or anything like that. No. Um, he he is extremely tiny, but it, it's just it's kind of weird when a guy is that good as a freshman and then gets a QB upgrade to assume that he's going to lose value. It just it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, I now don't get me wrong, I do love some Isaiah Nair, I really do. Um, I just got done talking about him on my other pod and and how I drafted him, and I'm so excited ex- excited to have him on my squad. I think that they can be a very good compliment, but I think it's because they, you know, they got a QB upgrade, and so I don't think it's necessarily going to hurt anyone. You can get the hell out of here with a, a Guy Hall, like he, he couldn't make it on uh, Alabama, even get on the field. Like it wasn't like they they had like five stud wide receivers last year that like he couldn't possibly get out there or anything like that. And I mean, he, he's kicked off the team. I haven't heard. I honestly beyond like people Devy analyst i have not heard his name mentioned by like anyone i don't even know if he's actually on the team at this point so i think
1: i think he was running with like the second or third team offense last uh, yeah i i
0: I get it he's a five-star prospect and all that kind of stuff but i feel like at this point it's been how many years and and how much time has been spent on like talking about him i just i think that you know there was much better arguments that you made before before you started talking about a guy i I just had to (laughs) mention them his name is no, on sure. the list too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get it. Like I think anytime that you're at the top with well, like I, I have Worthy very high. Um and considering his weight, maybe I probably even need to drop him a little bit just because I don't care about weight. It doesn't bother me that he's hundred and sixty pounds, but the NFL might, and even more so, my uh you know, my Debbie league mates might, you know, or definitely will. And so like if he doesn't have Value because of that, or as much value because of that, then I kind of have to drop him a little bit. But as a player, the dude's a freaking stud, and so like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm having fun with you here. It, it is blasphemy, but I, I get what you're saying. At the same time, um, the funny thing is, I'm doing basically the same thing, and so <laughs> I'm, I, I'm going with a, a probably what you would or a lot of people would consider a blasphemous take as well. I'm talking about like one of the top players, and it's Quentin Johnston. I really do think that when it's all said and done, he's going to lose a little bit of value. Once again, like you said, I don't think he's going to like all of a sudden suck and be considered the wide receiver 50 or anything like that. But I just think that for whatever reason, people are kind of like over hyping what TCU is going to do this year and what all is going to happen. But when you actually look at what he's done and not even worry so much about the actual like offense in general, he hasn't been amazing. He's been good. Um, but, you know, he's being drafted as the wide receiver three in the 2023 class right now. And I just don't have him there. I have him as my wide receiver six in that class. And that, that's probably much lower than, than most people. But I think when it's all said and done, he's probably going to move down a little bit closer to that. And some other guys will mo- end up moving up. Um, you know, when he, the, the other thing is, even if he doesn't necessarily move down in you know the, the positional ranks, He's being drafted 15th overall in Debbie drafts right now. And I think he could drop in that value in like the overall drafts. So you might start seeing some running backs or or QBs or whoever uh, moving up ahead of them when it's all said and done. I the thing that for me, and obviously this is when we start getting a little nerdier and all that kind of stuff, but like when he if you look at uh, the top wide receivers, like the best wide receivers, like the Xavier Worthy, Worthies, the JSNs, uh, the Kayshawn Boots, Hayes, like those kind of guys, they're looking at like three yards per team pass attempt, like something right around there. Like that's what you're looking for with those stud wide receivers. Quentin Johnston in his best season has a 1.98 uh, yards per team pass attempt. That's not terrible, but it's not like amazing. It's not anything that you're going to like write home to mom about or anything like that. Um, the other thing that we were talking about you were talking about Isaiah Nair and how he had like almost a 60% market share on his uh, of receiving yards that's another thing that i look at for receivers and like the top guys are closer to like 35 40% generally speaking like once again the jasons the Xavier worthies those guys he's at uh quentin johnson's at 24.8% for his best season he's at like 20.4% for his average uh, over the history of his uh, college career So while those, once again, are not terrible numbers, they're not stud numbers. They're not the wide receiver three in the class numbers, like that kind of thing. So he either has to take a big step forward, and it has nothing to do with the rest of his team. That's him as a player, as a a prospect. He has to take a step forward and become better, or he's just going to be a good prospect that probably should not be your wide receiver three in the class.
1: Yeah, I'm with you that three wide receiver three is too high. I just I don't know if he's gonna lose value though. I mean, I don't think he's wide receiver three, but like for me, I have him at wide receiver five personally, um, uh, in the twenty twenty-three class. Um, and I think he will still be wide receiver five for me at the end of the year, potentially higher if he has a big year. I know there's talk about DJ Allen and Jordan Hudson you know, being uh, decent this year, which would be great. Um, But I, I don't know if Quentin Johnson's really had like a, a competent quarterback yet. You know, Max Dugan, it sounds like he's not going to be the starter this year. Chandler Morris is going to win that job. So maybe that changes some things, but yeah, it's so hard because he's like Quentin Johnson. So athletic, he's got the size He's got the recruiting stars. I, I just feel like he's got everything he needs to be a successful player. He just needs to put those numbers out on the field. So, yeah, I am I guess I am kind of disagreeing with you. Um, I do do think that wide receiver three is too high because right off the bat, you know, obviously, Keishan boute JSN, Jordan Addison. I've got Josh Downs ahead of him. I know some people might not agree with that, but um, – yeah, I I think Quentin Johnson's good though. He just needs to have put together like a solid year here and he could potentially, you know, be a first round pick.
0: That's why I wanted to focus on those two particular stats because those have nothing to do with how good your QB is or anything like that. Those are wide receiver stats, you know, like Yeah, you're, I, well, talking... you're right about the yards per
1: team pass attempt 1.9 it's a little low but it's still above that threshold. He does need to improve this year. Like you need like in his third season he does need to go above two. But I'm I'm not overly concerned yet, you know.
0: No, we'll I'm I'm not concerned. Like I, I once again I I think yeah. he's 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 my wide receiver 6. So like I'm I'm not concerned about him. I'm right. I'm happy to have him on my team. I just I'm not drafting him at at 15th overall and wide receiver 3. That's for damn sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you there.
0: All right. So That is it for our uh, players that will lose value. That's it for the big 12. Let's go ahead and take a little break and then we will dive into the, uh, the ACC and we'll go ahead and do the same thing there as well.
1: I am going to stand by my fact that I think that if Cam Akers plays the entire season, I don't see a reason why he's not in the top five at the end of the year on a good offense. He will catch 40 passes. If he's uh, the starting running back, I really believe that. And, 10 to 13 touchdowns full season. That's going to put them in top five um, contention. I'm sticking with that. I I think that that will be the play. Um, This is, you're right. We're going to save that for the quintessential training camp note.
0: Ah, training camp. You gotta love it. At least we're getting some actual news and, and stuff like that. But the training camp hype and uh yeah, like I said, you gotta love it. Let's go ahead and dive into the ACC here and, and we'll start off with our favorite player. And uh, here's the here's the good news. We do agree on this one because we both have the same favorite player and uh, oh, nice. Andy Andy can go ahead and start us off with who we picked.
1: Well, I already mentioned him talking about Quentin Johnston, and that's Josh Downs. Uh, He went off as a true sophomore, 40% market share, three and a half yards per team pass attempt. Absolute yak machine. I get Jarvis Landry vibes from him. Um, His sophomore year was very reminiscent of Landry's junior season at LSU. Uh, I talked about him at length, I believe it was a couple episodes ago, so I'm not going to get too into the weeds here uh but he's just so dynamic after the catch so like you know drake may even if it ends up being like jacoby criswell as the quarterback there it you don't need to be like have crazy arm talent to make this guy successful you just need to get him the ball he's gonna get open in space uh and he's gonna get you nine or ten yards after the catch every single time he catches it so he's 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 a little undersized you know we're talking about Xavier Worthy and laughing at him for being 160. Josh Downs is sitting there at 170. Um, But I just feel like, you know, he's got that skill set. He's going to be a pure slot receiver in the NFL, which tends to have like a longer, you know, shelf life. You know, it's not out of the question that he puts up, you know, multiple hundred catch seasons in the NFL and, you know, plays like eight to 10 years and it's a wide receiver two, sometimes wide receiver one from time to time. So, yeah, I'm I love Josh Downs. I'm I'm taking him wherever I can get him.
0: I really don't have much to add. I I love the player. Uh he is I'm very high on on him. He, he's my, he's my wide receiver 3 in the class um in the 2023 class. So like if I was drafting someone at wide receiver 3, it would not be Quentin Johnson. It would be Josh Downs um and I don't know how much you can trust it or, or not, but uh, he's actually being listed at 5'10" 180 now on Ooh. sportsreference.com so well, that's, i'll take that i will definitely take that um but the thing is i don't like once again i don't truly care i i don't i'm not the size guy like i don't you know people were freaking out about devontae smith because he was so small and all that and devontae right. smith's just a stud you know xavier Worthy's just a stud josh downs is just a stud but even then like 180 pounds or even like 175 pounds is plenty big enough as far as i'm concerned for a wide receiver i get that they're not going to be the dominant uh to or anything like that like obviously that's never going to be josh downs but what he's doing on like not even the best offense i mean think about what north carolina did last year and yet he still ended up with you know 100 or 1335 yards and eight touchdowns like when you consider the passing offense and what it was that's pretty damn good (laughs)
1: Yeah, because they had nobody else, and you're right about like wide receiver size, especially this day in the NFL. It's really not as important as you know other positions. So I, I'm with you. Like 170 to 180, I'm not really freaking out about it. Um, especially like, like we're talking about, he's a slot receiver. He's gonna you know be creating space. He's not gonna be taking those big hits. You hope
0: exactly. I, I think that uh, we are definitely in agreement here, but. Unfortunately, we are going to get into a little bit more blasphemy a little bit later oh, no. on, <laughs> but not oh, on this think... one. <laughs> <laughs> right, but but not on this one. Uh, we, let's go and dive into our players who will go up in value. And I'll start off here, and my player is Dontavian Wicks. Uh, wide receiver out of Virginia. Actually, we both chose Virginia. Or no, you chose Virginia Tech. Never mind. Um yeah. uh, we 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 both chose the state of Virginia. But uh Dontavian Wicks uh missed all of 2021. Correct? Yes. No. 2020. 2020. Yeah, he, he missed all of 2020 year. because of uh, uh because of an injury, but then played all of last year. 57 receptions, 1,203 yards, nine touchdowns. And he's being drafted as the wide receiver 33, uh, at least in, in, in ADP. I have him as my wide receiver 19. Like I get it. He's older because of, you know, missing that time in 2020. Obviously he wasn't able to come out last year, uh, but I think that he's going to just replicate what he did last year or possibly even get better uh, this year. And the NFL is going to have to pay attention at that point. Uh, obviously, if he can stay healthy and do all that, um, I'm not saying he's a stud. I'm not saying he's going to, you know, be a, a round one prospect or anything like that. But I do think he could be, you know, a third, fourth round pick, that kind of thing. And, uh, and possibly, or at the very least, be drafted in the NFL. And, you know, being drafted as wide receiver 33 right now, that's probably not all that, like, expensive. Or, like, that's not maybe not the expectation, at least when you're looking at that ADP. Sorry, am I putting you to sleep here, buddy? Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just pulling up some stuff. But, yeah, I like Dontavian Wicks. Uh, I like Brennan Armstrong as, like, a college quarterback. He's going to really sling the ball around and get, you know, all his receivers some points. Um, they... So they have another guy in the team, Lavelle Davis, who is kind of in the same situation as Dontavian Wicks was, where he had a big twenty twenty and then missed twenty twenty one. So it was kind of the they flip flopped. Now they're both healthy, and they also have on Thompson, who's you know a decent player. Billy Kemp, who's going to get a you know four or five hundred yards too. Um, so I I just don't know what the what that market share is going to shape out to look like because i do like lavelle davis uh he's coming off that acl um but you're right i mean don tavian wicks had a breakout year last year uh i think this is going to be his fourth season out of high school so he's not like a super senior or anything uh and i I do think wide receiver 33 is a little low for him um yeah so like i said brendan armstrong is going to be slinging the ball around i think there's plenty of food to go around for everybody to eat. So um yeah I'm with you. I, I like Dontavian Wicks as a as a nice late round guy to potentially, you know, get day two draft capital.
0: Yeah. And if you are a sizist, he's six one, two ten. So <laughs> there you go. There's some size for you. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> who, who do you got as your riser?
1: All right. So I went with Malachi Thomas, uh, who is a running back for Virginia Tech. True freshman last year. He had uh, 440 yards on 93 carries, a little undersized, uh, six feet, just under a shade under 200 pounds. Um, and I do think that becomes an issue for him, you know, when he's breaking tackles and creating yards after contact. I tweeted about him earlier in the year back in like spring camps and his offensive coordinator has been talking him up. Seems like he's going to be the RB1 there, obviously. Raheem Blackshear is no longer with the team. He's in the NFL. And But also Bra- Braxton Burmeister, who was their quarterback last year, who was second in the team in rushing. I think he had over 500 yards rushing as well. Um, he's out of town now. He transferred to, I want to say, San Jose State. Um, but they bring in uh, a more traditional pocket passer in Grant Wells, who came in from Marshall. So I think they're running the offense in general is going to look more traditional. Uh, so I think, you know, they're going to rely more on the running game and he's not like a, you know, he's not a complete zero in the past game either. He's going to catch some balls so I could see him breaking a thousand all purpose yards. And if he does that, you know, he's, like I said, he, he's a true sophomore this year. So if he, you know, as a breakout year, he's going to be on some draft boards in the top, you know, five or six rounds next year.
0: yeah I like it. I honestly don't know a lot about the player i'm I'm probably gonna uh look more into' um uh, some some of these guys just get lost in the ranks you know like i you kind of like hyper target certain players and and then uh others you just uh like i said that you just kind of get lost in like the middle rounds and everything but uh you know i, I liked everything that you said about
1: them. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean especially when you're getting the a c c here it's not as deep as some of these other leagues so you're just trying to find, like, all right, well, who's who could potentially break out? So,
0: yeah, no, I, I definitely him. like it, and, and I think you know when you're when you're looking for that, it's easy to go to the running back position and just say, like, who has the best opportunity? You know, whether it's they already have the job or they could get the job with an injury or, or whatever. So, I like it. Now we're gonna get a little, a little bit of contention here with a player who will lose value. I'm gonna go ahead and let you start with yours so that I can uh, yell at you and tell you why you're wrong.
1: All right. Well, I think it was one of the earlier episodes of the Tommy T where I talked about how bad the Debbie community is at predicting quarterbacks and like projecting them into success in the NFL. We're pretty horrible at it. Well, that's why I'm talking about Tyler Van Dyke today, because he's the guy that the Debbie community says is the next, you know, first round quarterback, um, yada, yada, yada. But traditionally, like we miss on like three out of five of the guys that we think are going to make it as NFL quarterbacks. This last year, we missed on DJU. We missed on Spencer Rattler. We missed on Sam Howell. We even, I mean, I wouldn't call Malik Willis a miss cause he wasn't like drafted in the top two or three rounds, but you know, we missed on him. We missed on everybody. We didn't hit anything. The only one that, you know, made it as a first round draft pick was Kenny Pickett. And he, he wasn't even getting taken in like the first 30 rounds of C2C drafts. So, We're, we're bad at it. We're bad at picking quarterbacks. And I don't think that we figured it out in the last year, Um, but uh, you know, he's QB eight right now, ADP 38. So he's a, you know, early fourth round draft pick. They lose Charleston Rambo. Um, He gets two of the more conservative coaches. Now I know that Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator wasn't as conservative when he played or not played when he coached for Alabama. You know, he was obviously a lot more uh, uh, conservative with Michigan, but I think that was more of the Harbaugh thing. Um, So, you know, and he also brings in his head coach, Cristobal, who at uh, Oregon obviously liked to run the ball as well. Um, So, all this just kind of leads me to believe that, you know, if if I have to pick one of the guys that the Debbie community is wrong on at quarterback. Tyler Van Dyke is probably one of those guys. So I'm staying away from him. I don't have any Tyler Van Dyke. I'll just put that disclaimer out right now. But uh, I did consider drafting him at some points, but he got taken right before I sniped on him. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at
0: with him. So once again, it's just complete blasphemy. Uh, just you know, spewing <laughs> from your mouth. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think we were talking about Jackson Dart earlier and how like in the Pac-12, he couldn't even get seven yards uh, adjusted yards per attempt and then you know you look at tyler van dyke in the acc which you know isn't the sec but it's definitely a lot better than the pac-12 uh, a lot stronger than the pac 12. Uh, you know he's 9.8 yards or adjusted yards per attempt 25 touchdowns six interceptions 160 passer rate like a lot of those things that you're looking for and I actually consider myself to be a pretty good, uh, you know, QB whisperer or whatever you want to call it. And so, like, while yes, there, when you're only looking at one season with Tyler Van Dyke, it's impossible for me to guarantee that he's going to be the next stud. Uh, you know, obviously, I would have loved to have him to have played in 2020 or you know, even have an extra year or whatever. Uh, but I think we're going to find that out this year. I get the concerns with the coaching and and that kind of thing, but when. Certain things that I look for, especially like one of the biggest things I look for with a QB evaluation is the interception rate, and that's one of the reasons why I don't like a Jackson Dart, um, you know, because his interception rate was through the roof, like up in like the three four percent, whereas Tyler Van Dyke is at a uh, one point eight percent. They're like very very viable, you know, percentage there. Like he's safe with the ball while putting up touchdowns. You know, good completion rate, good adjusting yards, uh, adjusted yards per attempt. Uh, An eighty point one QBR, which like that's what you want to see. You want when I'm looking at QBs, I want to see QBs that are up in the 80s for QBR. Anything below that starts getting a little iffy. Not saying they can't hit, but that's really what I'm looking for is those QBs in the 80s. Um, You know, other QBs in the 80s: C.J. Stroud at 87.9, Bryce Young at 86.6, Sam Howell was at a 78.3, Matt Corral was at 83.2 last year. So that just shows you that like. He's right in that range with those other guys as far as QBR, and uh, and then same thing with like the passer rating. You know, a lot of like a lot of those top guys are in the hundred and sixties, hundred and seventies, like that kind of thing. The top top guys were C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young were at one eighty nine and one eighty three, and then we have Tyler Van Dyke at one sixty point one. So um, just obviously, I would much rather see a larger sample, but. I think everything that he did last year showed that he deserves another shot. (laughs) So I get it, like any of these QBs can lose value. And if that's your main point, then I'm perfectly fine with it. But if you're specifically pointing out Tyler Van Dyke as the one that's going to lose value, then I feel like there's other QBs that I would focus on. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, are you muted?
1: I was just going to say, uh, DJU already lost all his value, so I couldn't take
0: him. Well, yeah, I mean, it, but the thing with DJU, it was this small sample. Like, Tyler Van Dyke had basically an entire season to show us that like, he was good. DJU, everyone got excited because of, like, what, two or three games, four games, whatever it was. And then, obviously, it just everything changed after that. Um, I'm also not completely giving up on DJU, but I he's very low in the ranks. He's nowhere close to Tyler Van Dyke at this point. So (laughs) I get what you're saying.
1: All right. Well, who do you got here?
0: so i have uh this is another one where we're gonna be fighting uh, because you just talked about him on a on a previous pod i have Uh let's see if i can go in and pronounce his name this time israel abanaconda as my as my uh, player that will lose value here and honestly like i said we just talked about it was it the last pod or the or the pod before that um so i don't think we have to get into like
1: it it was just a player profile i did on him but yeah
0: yeah, we were talking about some of the players that were replacing other players, I believe, and uh, I just, I, I don't see it. <laughs> I just don't really see it. Uh, I, I don't think he's ever going to be anything special. I don't think he's going to be, He's. I don't think he's an NFL talent. I'm much lower on him than... Uh, then obviously Andy and, uh, and even the Debbie community. But I think what's all said and done, people are going to realize that he's just not special and that he's probably not going to be like an NFL back and he's going to lose value.
1: Oof. All right. We're going to have to clip that because I you're wrong. <laughs> uh, like there was like a three headed monster there last year. So I think he comes out on top and like lead, especially now with Keaton Slovis there, they're going to be running a lot more now without Kenny Pickett. Um, and he was definitely the best running back on that team. So I think you're wrong. We'll see though.
0: I'm trying to see where I have him. Cause I actually did move him up my ranks, uh, recently, but I don't even think he necessarily moved up. Oops. I'm messing up things now. Um, oh, let me see it's if I not can get
1: very to- Like his ADPs just in the top 100, like in the 80s range, like RB 30 or something.
0: Yeah i'm trying to find it i have him as my uh israel rb 58 in uh in Devi. Okay. so i that just goes to show you how i feel about it <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's pretty low <laughs> we'll see yeah. Like so said, we'll, we'll clip we'll, it. Clip we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll clip it. We'll, we'll go, we'll come back to it mid year. We'll see how right I was about Van Dyke about Xavier worthy, you know, about all of them. And then, you know, Andy I, can go ahead and, and, you know, hang we'll, we'll figure out a chain. punishment. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure out a punishment for him for sure.
1: <laughs> hey, but real quick, before we go, I just want to mention that the dynasty walkabout is going to have a full show dedicated to trades you can make to improve your team. Before the preseason value collapses, so pay attention for that on Saturday. Full yep. tilt or not, the full tilt, but there's the dynasty walkabout. So Tom Lee and uh, Tom should be holding it down there.
0: That's right, and that'll be on Saturday. So make sure you check that out and all the other full tilt, uh, full tilt, dynasty podcast network podcasts, um, which we are proud to be a, uh, a member of the the True North Dynasty Podcast nat- Network network and uh, and all that but we appreciate you guys listening we actually had a little bit more that we were going to dive into some preseason notes and stuff like that but we went a little long so we'll go ahead and save that for next time um i just i i want to end it on me being right and Andy being wrong there so you know, we'll, we'll definitely <laughs> get, we'll get into yeah, TV. That's, that's very true. It's TVD. We'll, we'll go ahead and get into more next time. Um, I, I think we're going to go ahead and continue on to some other conferences, like possibly the SEC. You know, maybe even some of the um, some of the lesser conferences as well. And uh, we'll, we'll start getting into some of the players that we love with those as well. But we uh, we'll be back in two weeks, and and we'll talk to you then. But for now, we're going to go ahead and cash out. See you guys. See ya.